Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find over four speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, links for you to subscribe to the podcast, and a place where you can donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Jennifer. Hi, I'm Jennifer, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Can you guys hear me? Can I put it down a little bit? Okay. Um, I identify as a compulsive overeater and bulimic, but the truth is I am the most well-rounded compulsive overeater (laughs) that I know, Um, and I've done absolutely everything that you can think of. Um, I went on every single diet you've ever heard of. I threw up. I, I did exercise. I mean, I was an exercise bulimic. I was an anorexic. I was a very well-rounded compulsive overeater. So um, I would take half my time to share if I identified that way. So um, I keep it simple. But really grateful to be here. Um, welcome to the newcomers. Uh, congratulations to all the, the, the chip takers and happy birthday. Um, this is an amazing program that changed my life and and really saved my life. Um, I came in in 2006, and I have seven seven plus years of abstinence, um, and uh, my abstinence is no binging, no purging. Um, but a lo- there's a lot of other things. There's a lot of things that have sort of come and gone during the time that I've been in here. Um, so those are sort of the facts. Uh, I grew up in a super loving alcoholic family, and um, drugs and alcohol worked for pretty much everybody else in my family, um, but food was my thing. And um, I heard, you know, from from the time I was really tiny, food just really did it for me. It made me, you know, calm. It made me... Um, it just, it, it, I think I, I had a lot of anxiety. I didn't really know I was anxious until I came in the rooms and put the food down and put the, all the other stuff down, and then I was, like, a, just a crazy wad of nerves and feelings. But um, I didn't know that because I used, you know, food from the time I was really, really, really little. Um, and the other thing I heard as a little girl was how important it was to have, you know, a nice figure. And I don't know why that was like glue in my brain, but body obsession and food obsession are a tough, you know, uh, tough things. And they, you know, those two things dominated so much of my brain from, you know, my, and and it it would ebb and flow. Like I would go through periods where I would be filled up by, by something else. I would fall in love. I would, you know, I would be distracted from it, but it would always come back and it would come back worse and um, be more destructive. And it took on lots of different shapes. Over the years, when I was really little, I could eat a lot. I had, I, I could eat a lot, so I could do a lot of messy stuff with food, and it wouldn't show up. Um, of course, that changes over time. 
Um, and you know, when I got and, and from the time I mean, I was I remember being a little girl at a at a birthday party, going to this ice cream parlor, and we go in and they serve us all these Sundays, and um, it's time you know everybody say happy birthday, and every all the the girls go next door, the little girls, and and we're it's time for it to open presents, and I kind of hang hang back and I go around finishing people's ice cream <laughs> while the other kids are in the in the room, and it was just my experience. It was just my experience. Um, and then it, you know, it changed as I got as I got older. I was just really obsessed. I was really obsessed with my body. I was really obsessed with exercise. I was really obsessed with food. And high school, college, in college, I added uh, bulimia as a new, you know, trait on top of it. And that um, was, you know, it was exercise and just the original. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, uh, I did a lot of both, and you know that was something I kept thinking, I'll kind of get this under control, and it'll, you know, it'll, it'll pass. And I would put it down for a little bit, you know, I would fall in love and um, get distracted, and you know, I would also go through periods of intense control of my food, where I would eat perfectly, and I would pick some somebody was doing a diet that was like some crazy crazy, like, you know, I loved those crazy ones that were like, eat 400 calories a day, and, you know, I I loved stuff like that, I'd lose weight, I'd feel great, I'd do it perfectly, and then I'd have one bite too many, and I was off, I was off, and it would send me down this cycle, Um, so it was just, it was, it was like that, Um, college, uh, after college, it just, it was progressive, and I, I think the other thing I learned in my family was, I, I grew up a very active alcoholic, but very loving alcoholic family, um, but my brother's um, alcoholism got really big and loud and public, and my disease was quiet, it was my secret, and even though I ebbed, you know, I had a range of eight sizes in my closet when I came in here, <laughs> somehow people didn't really notice, or they never said anything to me, uh, and my, but the, the, the crazier my brother's stuff got, like, the more perfect I had to be, the more perfect in school, the more perfect my body had to be, the more per- like, I was, this, you know, that was sort of how I fixed that, so I just got, you know, more obsessed, and, um, my parents were super distracted by everything that was going on with him, um, so I got to, you know, do my own, my own craziness, and I never told a soul, it was just my total secret, and a lot of people didn't know, I mean, there were a few people who I think suspected, but I was really good at keeping it a really big secret, and even, you know, I remember my, we were doing an intervention for my for my brother, and this was probably not that many years before I came in uh, the rooms, but we were doing a an intervention, and I flew home, and uh, we had this preparation night where the therapist was there, and we were all preparing what we were going to say. You know, the truth is I don't remember anything about the experience. I was focused on the plate of cookies that my uh, uncle would replace every time it was empty and how I could eat them and, and take one more without being noticed and maybe then take one more without being noticed. And I had no tools for being in the emotional insanity of an intervention for my brother, so I 
focused on the food, and I planned my binge later, and I planned my purge, and that was, you know, my brother's intervention weekend was my, um, yeah, I was doing my own stuff, sitting there sharing about, you know, how much we wanted him to come back, and here I am insane and I even said during one of my like my part I said I'm you know you talk about what you're willing to do um and I said I'm willing to look at my issues with food and it was I think it was my way of trying to say something of course nobody people were like what (laughs) (laughs) so you know that um that that's just what happened and and I was I got increasingly good at making my life look good on the outside I also came from a family where it was very important to look good like everything you got to keep it together we kept secrets about what was going on with my brother we kept secrets about everything it just had to look good on the outside and uh, I got really good at that I you know I, I I did the right things in school and by the time I I got to be 30 years old my life looked great I had all the things on the list that I wanted Um, I had this really great job and this career and this guy that looked really great on paper Um, and no seriously he had an awesome resume and uh, I was miserable I was miserable so I got this big job and people were like and people were envious of me and they would take me out for these all these celebration dinners so I'd go to the dinner and I'd be like okay I'm just going to eat like I'm just going to have a normal dinner it's going to be good it's going to be cool meanwhile people are trying to like treat me to something and I'm in my own personal hell so but the one thing that was awesome is it was free so um, I would go to these dinners and I would order whatever I was like oh, okay everything's cool everything's under control at some point during every dinner it, you know I would pass the appropriate amount and that would be it and I would you know, continue to plan my night, and I'd have to really get out of there quick because I gotta hit my stores and I gotta get home, and I have a lot of shit to do. Um, and so I start, I start my job, and um, I just kept on going. Like I kept on, I kept on going, and. The guy I was in a relationship with somehow never noticed any of this either. Uh, I don't know if I was with people who couldn't see me or if I was that good at, co- at covering it up. I certainly went to great lengths to cover it up. It seems like I, I pray to God I will notice if my daughter one day um, is doing the things I was. But nobody, nobody noticed. And I was really sick. I did a lot of really, really bad stuff to my body. Um... So I, I was in this situation where my life was kind of falling apart, even though it was looking really good on the outside, and I would go to work, and, like, my throat would be, you know, I, I, it was like I had a sore throat, and it felt, um, I was, like, living this lie, you know, and it was really very, very painful. What happened, the way I got into program is I started, I was desperately seeking something. I was desperately seeking something. And I started going to yoga. And I think yoga was like my first step towards some sort of seeking God. But what it led me to was a whole bunch of program people. And I went on a, a, a yoga retreat to escape my the guy I was with his his family came to town and whenever they came to town they only wanted to have one-on-one time with him and I would leave for the weekend it was very healthy it was really good relationship <laughs> anyway so I had to leave and I went on a yoga retreat and 
the teacher I'd been going to, I had no, I had no idea. He, the, he started off the, the retreat. He's like, so I'm 20 or two years sober. This is my story. And at that point, I'm thinking, oh my god, my brother has like, you know, he just got his, I don't know how many, uh, how many of the DUI, and he had recently OD'd. And so my brain immediately focused on, okay, I can talk to this guy, and he's going to hook me up with how to get my brother sober, and that'll be cool. And anyway, I met all these people in programs. And they were like, okay, you got to chill. Stop talking about your brother. And you got to go to Al-Anon. And then the woman who took me to Al-Anon took me to dinner afterwards. She's like, I think you need to go to OA. A perfect stranger <laughs> identified in, you know, a few hours, like, my core disease that nobody had ever mentioned to me in my entire life. And I was like, I felt this moment of discovery. Like, I've been discovered. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll go. And then I find out my yoga teachers also went away, which was awesome. And then I started, and I came, and I think I was so desperate and so broken that I was willing to do anything. I was willing to go to any lengths. I heard a woman share. I got. I asked her to sponsor me. I did everything she said. I called her every day. I started to work my steps. I showed up at meetings. I was so incredibly relieved that I had a place to come and I could tell the truth. And that it wasn't this, you know, ugly, I, I could just tell the truth and everything was okay. And I had this overwhelming sense that I was going to be okay. I had never felt that. I had never felt that. I let go of all of the control. You know, when I came in the rooms, I was definitely more on the sort of, you know, control, restrict, manage, mess it up, throw it up part of my disease. I'd gone through periods of time where I was just compulsive, compulsively overeating and getting really uncomfortable and big. And so I was at that, that part of my disease, and I... I was willing, I wanted to, you know, get married and have kids one day, and I didn't think my body was going to be able to do that. I thought I'd done too much damage to my body. To, I was like, how can I have a baby? What am I going to be doing? Like, throwing up with a baby? I mean, and, you know, we think, oh, I wouldn't do that. No, we we would. I mean, there's a lot of things that I've done that I, I would have thought I would never have done. Um, but my disease took me there. So I, I did everything that I was told. I started working the steps. Uh, pretty quickly, within the first month or two, I heard someone share about using the program to restrict. And I was like, oopsie, I think that that is what I'm doing. And the miracle of this program is if somebody had told me, like, hey, Jen, I think you're restricting, I would have been like, you know, I don't, you know, it would have not heard them. It would have been def defensive. But the fact that I heard somebody else share their experience, I could hear it, and it opened up for me, and I was like, all right, got to do this differently. So, you know, my food, then I just let go of all the control. I had three meals a day, and they were big, messy, crazy meals. And I gained weight, and I was really uncomfortable, and it was okay. It was okay. And I got to my biggest weight ever within or without program, you know, in these rooms, eating three meals a day. And it was at that really big 
uncomfortable place for me that I fell in love with the man who's now my husband. And, you know, to realize that, I think that was the first time where I was, I never felt, I think I never felt lovable, that was the truth, even though I was like, I have to be perfect, I have to love perfect, I have to act perfect, you know, then maybe someone will want me. And um, my experience has been that, you know, this is, my body is on loan from God, and it's not mine. Um, and I get to, you know, work the steps, I get to eat abstinently, I get to do be of service, I get to pray, I get to take all the actions I know to take, but my body is God's business, and my food is really guided by God. So I had big, messy food, and I was working the steps, and I was, um, thank God, in a, you know, for the first time in my life in a healthy relationship with a person who had, you know, was sober, had a program, and was okay. You know, I w- it was in the first time I was in a loving, healthy relationship. Um, and I kept working the steps, and I kept getting uncomfortable, and I kept working the steps. And at some point along the line, it was my ninth step. I don't know what happened. I will never understand the way this room, the way these rooms work, and the way the program works, and the way God works. The food fell away, and my obsession with my body fell away, and I got really busy in my life, and it, a complete miracle for the most part has not come back, you know, in the past seven years. That is a miracle I will never, ever understand, and I would never have told you. I would have told you it was impossible that that could happen for me. I was so obsessed. I mean, all I did was think about what I was going to eat. All I did, you know, what I was going to look like. And then when I was in a really good diet place where I was, like, eating perfectly, I would think, oh, my God, I can't keep this up. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to eat, you know. And it was just this, God, if only I could have converted the hours I spent thinking about my food and body to something more productive, I would have, wow, I would have accomplished a lot. Uh, But... You know, my experience was what it was, and I came in when I came in, and I came in willing and ready, and I am eternally grateful for that. Uh, when I, you know, so that was in the middle of my ninth step, the, 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 my, I started to get into, I think, what my God's intended body for me was. Um, and I don't, today I don't weigh myself. I went through two pregnancies, and I got to learn again that the scale is not for me. I, um, the scale becomes my higher power, and the scale never gives me the right information. Uh, so I don't do the scale. It was really funny. It'd be, you know, they want, they're like, okay, hop on the scale, and I would turn around, and I'd be like, I don't want to hear it. Like, okay, she's crazy, and I'm like, you have no idea, really. Um, but I don't weigh, and so since then, since I, oh, jeez. So since I came in, um, and since that point, my life just started to get really, really big. Uh, I started sponsoring a lot of people. I continued to go to lots of meetings. I continued to work my steps. And my relationship with God got really awesome and strong. And I'm a very sort of you know, everybody has their own experience. I didn't grow up in a religious family. I didn't have an experience with God until I came into these rooms. And I felt taken care of and okay and it all would be well for the first time, you know, when I came into these rooms. And so I, at some point over that first year, really 
started, you know, found a higher power that worked for work for me. And I have a huge God today. I have a really huge, huge God that just has my back. Um, you know, and I now see things that happen are, are God's plan, not my plan. I try to stay as far away as possible from my will. My will is not good. And uh, I, that's hard because I constantly have an idea about what the best thing for me is. Um, and I get obsessed. And the thing is, for me, even though the food and body has really, really been, you know, I've had a lot of relief from that. Um, other stuff pops up. You know, my issues with money have always paralleled my issues with food and, you know, include, like, anorexia and bulimia. Like, I go buy a whole bunch of stuff and return it. or go, You know, I would find little little mirrors in my life and it's, it's just, it's the same. It's all the same stuff. When it gets back to, when I start popping up with, with, with food or I stop popping up with the body obsession, I know I'm, like, in a serious situation and it's time for me and God to have a big talk because that's, that's um, you know, so all these other things start popping in and then when I get there, I know, I know I've got some, some stuff to look at. So I, in program, uh, got married I had a, an ama- you know amazing wedding that I was completely present for and wasn't perfect and was perfectly imperfect and I was you know I, I didn't go through any crazy pre-wedding diet I just got married I had um, went through two pregnancies which were both those were those were challenging. It was not easy being pregnant and having, you know, at one point I had a doctor. The way my body gained weight in pregnancy was all at the beginning. Of course, at the beginning, I didn't know that was the way it was going to be. Um, so they, you know, by the end, I didn't gain weight towards the end of my pregnancy. It was just everybody's body is different, but there's this thing of you're supposed to gain this many pounds, blah, 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 blah. And at one point I had a doctor say to me, you know, I think you should keep a journal of what you're eating because you're probably just not aware of what you're eating. I was like, probably not. That is probably not what's going on here. But I had a lot, had to have a lot of surrenders. You know, my food looked different. I was hungrier. I, you know, I needed to eat. I was growing a baby. It wasn't about, you know, and I had to really surrender. And my solution was the same as it was when I was coming in. I had to give my body and my food to God um, on a daily basis, on a daily basis. And I had beautiful pregnancies and um, two beautiful little people in my life. Um, And it's crazy. Like, I had this really small life when I came in because I was so disconnected and isolated. Um, It looked totally fine from the outside I was totally broken on the inside and now I think it's hilarious because my life looks so crazy on the outside I mean people come over and it's like kids running everywhere it's everything and it's so good it's so good it's just really really busy and you know now my challenge is finding balance and how do I balance a full-time job and two little kids and two programs and my husband's program and time for me and dates and it's a lot it's just a lot and the thing I know is and I've you know learned a lot of this you know more recent I've, I've learned this again more recently somehow the more I show up for program, the more I show up and be of service, the more I show up, the more time I have. Don't ask me how it works because I don't understand. It's a complete and total 
you know, mystery to me. I I had uh, the first the first sponsor I came in with, I was with for seven years, and I really didn't want to. Uh, I wasn't didn't want to leave her, but she quit going to OA, and she had other programs, and I had a very hard time making a switch because. She was my, you know, she was my person, but I obviously couldn't have a sponsor who wasn't in the program. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been awesome. And so I now have a new sponsor, and I feel like I'm, you know, it's such the, it's the perfect thing for me. I have this renewed commitment, you know, re- renew, like sort of this big OA family to, to check in with, and it's really, really good. Uh, it's really good. And what I will say is this program has taught me how to have feet that know what to do. Um, when I'm struggling, when I'm not... I know to do what I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to go to meetings. I'm supposed to make calls. I'm supposed to be of service. I'm supposed to pray. Uh, I do the things I'm supposed to do, and somehow it all works out. And, you know, it's funny because it's always the times where I think, I don't have enough time. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. The truth is I don't have time, and I can't afford not to have time for it. Uh I have been of service a lot lately. Just there's a lot of different people in my life who have crazy things that they're going that they're going through, and I sponsor, and I have a lot of commitments, and I feel so filled up. It's amazing. You know, the thing about being of service is you get more than by giving service. You get more than the person who's receiving. I think. And you're never too new to be of service, and that's a freaking gift. Because my head, too much time alone in my head with my own stuff and my own obsession, it's exhausting and it's brutal. You know, but when am I when I'm in service and I'm amongst my fellows, it's you know, that's where God is and that's where I get, you know that's where I'm 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 happy and I'm whole and um yeah, I think Okay, I'm going to wrap up because there's just no way I can talk for 10 more minutes. But um, I just want to say that no matter what your experience, I mean, we all have different experiences. And the thing I love about these rooms is that everybody has a completely different story. And mine, you know, mine is my own. And um, it doesn't have to look any one way. And that's a freaking miracle. It's a, it's a miracle. And we get to have, you know, I didn't grow up, I didn't get the things I thought I, I should have gotten in, in my family and growing up. And I get them all from you guys, and it's amazing. I mean, my best friends are in these rooms, and I couldn't, I can't imagine doing it. I can't imagine doing it without you. I would not have any of the things I can promise you that I have today. I would not be married. I would not have my two babies. Um, I would not have any of it. You know, and today I will. I like myself. I go to work, and I am a nice person, and I do my job, and I'm kind to other people, and I'm, you know, a different person than I was when I came in these rooms. It's I wasn't bad. I was just so lost and so broken. I didn't know any other way to be, and now I know how to do the right honest thing and I know how to have hard conversations and 
I know how to, you know, be, I'm, I continue to become the person that I want to be um, through a daily reprieve. I can't go one day without working this program, not one day. So I, you know, it's not a phase, it's not, you know, it won't pass. I know that for me, and I'm grateful. People, I, I someone, I can't remember what it was, the situation, they heard that I, that I had had this eating disorder and they're like oh I'm so sorry that must be so horrible I was like I love it I'm grateful for it save my ass I would have been I was I would have been lost without this so I'm truly grateful this is this is who I am and um, it's I, I wouldn't be me without it so and I, I'm grateful for it and I think that's it so Anybody have questions? So the question is, how did you get that huge God, and how do you work on that conscious contact? It's a really good question. It's a really good question. Um, I think for me, when I came in, I thought I was powerful, and I thought I could just control my food. I could get my body, and I could get my food under control. And when I you know, really work, so I mean really working through that step one and seeing my utter powerlessness and also just having this, you know, that was, so that was the beginning, just like, I I can't, I can't do it. And to this day, every time I try to control anything, it goes the wrong way, you know, (laughs) every single time. You know, when I'm not, you know, in control of my food, when I'm not in control of my body, when I'm not in control of my husband, Everything works out just fine. When I'm in control, it's a freaking mess. So um, it started with, like, just complete, complete relinquishing of control. And when I surrender, I was like, okay, if it's not me, it's got to be someone. And I just, you know, it was like a daily reprieve. And I think acting myself into it, you know, I just kept praying. I just, and it worked, like, inexplicably. You know, I would every morning, every night, get on my knees and I would give my body and God, my body and my food to God. And now, you need to, I have the same structure. My prayer is the same. It's just, you know, I give my little girl, my little boy and my husband, whatever it is, my stuff, I put them in God's hands and I do it visually and, you know, I have to constantly give everything to God. And luckily, I'm always given new things to uh, work, you know, work with that and I try to when when stuff happens in my life I just try really hard to see God in everything um, and for whatever reason is you know when I lose my connection with God everything just gets screwed up and so I, you know the way I do it is I pray and I, tr- I I try really hard to find time for meditation. It's incredibly difficult with two little people running through my house. But before I, I had kids, it was awesome. I had like an hour morning meditation, and you know now it's um, it, it doesn't look it doesn't look the way it it does not look the way it used to. And the other big way for me is you know, talking to fellows and being of service. And I oftentimes will share something to someone else. I'll tell a Swansea, you know, I, like, talk so much about God. And, 
I didn't realize someone had said, you're such a God person. I was like, what? It was beyond me. So it just sort of happened to me in terms of I never had faith, you know, and and, um, through taking actions and showing up and, like, continually turning it over, I've, it's, like, evidence that God's got me, you know, God has me, um, and I think, for me, I was so prone to, like, anxiety, and still am, the only solution I have is, is God, it's the only thing that really, because I have a God-sized hole that I have tried to put everything in, you know, no matter whether it's, I've been obsessed with everything I can think of, with my career, with my, with, with my kids, with my husband, um, you know, with with money, with everything, and it's a God-sized hole. And my huge God is is a miraculous product of just taking actions, you know, and and turning. I mean, I for me, it's just that that gift of turn, giving things to God. That's what I, no matter what it is, because it's a solution to every problem. Give it to God. My, I don't know. If that's a very good answer, but. <laughs> so is anyone else in my family of origin in recovery and how has recovery affected my relationships with them nobody in my life is in recovery um, and yeah my my parents actually went to Al-Anon for a, a minute and they think that is nice for simple people um, but there is it's more complicated what goes on with them. So um, anyway, they I nobody in my family is in recovery. My brothers had a minute of sobriety in between you know rehabs, but nothing uh, nothing of any length. And the truth is, I have an amazing relationship with my family today, and that is also something that I cannot explain. Um, I, I was really angry at them for a long time after I came in. Like, when I first came in, I was a fixer in my family, and I played this role where I fixed everything. And then I kind of was like, whoa, i got to deal with myself because I'm pretty screwed up, it turns out. And um, I changed that that dynamic. So today, and then when I... When I had, I've been through, gone through periods of actually not even being able to be in, have them in my life at all. I went through a period where, right after my son was born, where I couldn't have my my mom in my life, and it was so hard and so painful. Um, and that was four plus years ago. But today, I have a really amazing relationship with my family, and they haven't changed. So, um, you know, they haven't changed. But I, they, I love them. And I'm able to, you know, I realize for me, whenever something, when I focus, when I'm obsessed with what other, somebody else is doing, it means something's not cool with me. So when my mom is making me insane, it's usually there's something that's going on with me. Um, and that's, you know, I don't live near them, but they just came and they stayed for a couple nights. They were here a month ago. I have a great relationship with them. It's hard to have a relationship with my brother because he's not really functioning um, but I love him and that's you know a miracle too so what is my food plan like my food plan is three meals a day um, and I can have two snacks and it's there are no rules in my food plan and because I was such a 
rule-based person when I came in. I used so many diets. I used so many. I can't have rules. I can't have rules, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't do me any favors. So um, I don't generally eat a lot of stuff. Like, I don't eat a lot of desserts, and I don't eat a lot, a lot, a lot of things. But I don't have any rules around them. Um, and I have three... I have three meals a day no matter what, and I feel, you know, a lot of, a lot of safety in that, because um, I did, I never ate breakfast in my life, I mean, I was just like, I was like, no, I will not eat breakfast, and my body can't even eat breakfast, I don't, I'm not hungry, now I'm like starving every morning, I mean, I eat within 10 minutes of waking up, um, which is so funny, because I thought I didn't need food um, in the morning, so that's, no matter what, that's my, that's my food plan. The question is, what is your relationship with your ego? Wow. That's a good question. Um, You know, when I came in, I was better than or less than everybody. So I had no concept of humility. I went from, you know, being superior to, like, the scum of the earth in a second. And I didn't know, you know, how to navigate that. Um, today, I'm one among many, you know. I'm one person in my family. I go to work, and I'm like, it's so cool. I'm, a, I'm just a worker, you know. I don't, and there's all this obsession right now over, like, promotions and status, and I don't really care, you know. And it's funny because I have, uh, it's just, I don't care. I don't care. I do my job, and it, things tend to work out okay. So, you know, if I... You know, they say, if I edge God out, because if I do that, I run into trouble with my ego. Um, but it's, today I live, um, I live among humanity, you know, like, whether it's like you step off the ladder or you climb up the ladder, whatever, I'm like, uh, I'm just one among many, and that's awesome. So, okay. <laughs>